Hello, space nerds. Welcome to Raktagino and Root Beer, a Deep Space Nine podcast. I'm Matthew. And I'm Michael. On this podcast, we are reviewing every Deep Space Nine episode from the pilot to the finale. It'll be so exciting, it's going to give you umox. Pull up a chair and join in the discussion over some Raktagino and Root Beer. If you would like to contact us, set hailing frequencies to rrds9podcast at gmail.com. Today on the show, we are going to review Season 4, Episodes 25 and 26, Body Parts and Broken Link. Michael, why don't you start us off by telling us a little bit about Body Parts. Alright, so in uh, the, it's an A-plot, B-plot one. So in the A-plot, we have Quark, who's just returned from Frangenar, where he's had to go his uh, insurance physical, mm-hmm. uh, which is really hilarious. And he's found out that he has Doric Syndrome, which is fatal, and he has a mere days to live yeah uh so in typical frangie fashion uh he decides to sell his desiccated remains for profit to pay off his family debts yeah um and he gets a huge bid on it it turns out that it's our good friend uh brunt then he finds out that he doesn't actually have doric syndrome uh but he's made this deal with brunt for his desiccated remains and and he's he has this decision to make. Does he break a contract, which Ferengi will not do with another Ferengi? Yeah. Uh, or will he uh, Will he basically have Garrick kill him, assassinate him in some way, yeah. and, and uh, fulfill his obligations to Brunt? Yeah. Uh, in the end, he decides to break the contract. He's basically thrown out of uh, Ferengi society. Yeah. And it ends... That plot ends with... Um, the good old Federation Starfleet people coming to his rescue by just lending him more booze, more furniture for his bar so that he can keep going. Yeah. Uh, in plot B, uh, Keiko's unborn child is transferred to Kira, and now Kira is pregnant. The end. <laughs> okay, so what did you think of this episode? I did not like this episode. Oh, really? Well, okay. I liked half of this episode. I... Yeah. <laughs> I thought that the pregnancy thing I just am not remotely interested in, except for the sneezing thing where Kira... Yeah. Uh, Bajoran women don't have morning sickness. They sneeze a lot. That's kind of funny. Yeah. Um, and the gestation period is something like five mm-hmm. months. Yeah. yeah. Um, eh, whatever. But the uh, the Frankie stuff I thought was really... It had some humor to it. It was pretty funny. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I honestly... Oh, I'm I not like, like a huge. I'm not a huge fan of this one. Oh, I like this episode. I like it. Did, it did have some good lines. Like I liked how um, the comedy was pretty good. Well, it had Jeffrey Coombs in it, who is yeah. I wanted to talk about that. Isn't, isn't that weird? I mean, yeah. we just saw him, and now he's he's back in another character. Yeah. So he's such a he's an MVP of DS Nine. He's gonna he's playing two different characters, and he does a great job. He does a great job as Brunt as well. Uh, he's a good foil for Quark. I really like this episode. I mean, I think it was a great episode to explore what, you know, what Quark really values. You know, it, it is almost like talking about religion and what you, uh, do you follow the letter of the law or the, mm. the, the spirit of the law? Like, he has that dream where he sees the first uh, Nagus, and it's actually... It's Rom, it's Max Gordon Check dressed up in like a 
weird outfit. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, you know, we just made up these rules. You know, it doesn't really matter. You don't have to follow them exactly. And um, and so, or do you want to die? Like, do you want to live and break some of these rules, or mm-hmm. do you want to die and follow them? There is, there is the, there is that element where finding loopholes in 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 the law is 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 a really vital part of a lot of religions. I'm thinking yeah. in in Orthodox Ju- Judaism, for instance, if you can't uh, if you can't use you know. Uh, if, you can, if you can't operate an elevator on the Sabbath, uh, you might live in a building where on the Sabbath the elevators run automatically so you can yeah. still access them. Things like that. Yeah. And I kind of like that part when he's in his dream and he's like, well, if I see the first Nagus in a vision and he tells me that I don't have to do this, then maybe that that's the yeah. loophole where I can get out of this situation. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's, for me, it was it felt like a resonant thing of like, when you are part of a religion, do you follow it to the letter, or do you follow it as you as you feel it should be followed? You yeah, know? yeah. Uh, I think that, you know, in the end, he wanted to live. Mm-hmm. He thought that living was more important than uh, following the the religion of business mm-hmm. to the letter. Although it is strange, did did he did he tell Garrick to stop trying to kill him? Like. There's no, there's no scene where <laughs> You he mean goes, it just... <laughs> Garrick, I changed my mind. Yeah, there's none where he tells Garrick yeah. that. There was the, I really like the... When he enters his quarters and he's like, mm. Don't kill me! I, I know you're gonna do it! So <laughs> it's not a surprise! You know? You know? Yeah. That, was, that was funny. That was good. And uh, when the Grand Nagus is... Is telling Quark... You know these the rules of acquisition are good mm. because uh, because they're a bestseller. That's why. Yeah. You know, and uh, Quirk's like, well, if they're not really real, why did you call them rules? And he said, would you buy something that was called suggestions of mm-hmm. acquisition? I think it's a good comment on religious religious uh, doctrine in general. Yeah. Being, you know, what, as we said, is it sort of a, a healthy appreciation for how it's a fluid thing, or do you? Do you set it down as dogma that must be rigidly followed and yeah. literally interpreted? And yeah, I mean, and this is this is why the Ferengi can be powerful is because they can take something as serious as religion and do kind of a joke version of it. Yeah, and it's not really offensive because it's so their religion is so ridiculous. Mm. But know? but there are parts of the religion, um, the Ferengi uh, rules of acquisition. It must be followed. Like you never break a contract with another Ferengi. Like any other species, that's totally fine. Yeah. <laughs> but but it's interesting because there there's still limits that he can't cross, or yeah. he can't he can't uh, vaguely interpret that one. It's, yeah, it's pretty set in stone. Well, I think what it is is less that he he could probably interpret it in a different way, but the Ferengi society is refusing to allow him to interpret it in a different way. Yeah. And I actually, I forgot about, I, I couldn't remember how this episode ended, and I was thinking that he would find a loophole to, like, be able to still be a successful businessman, uh, but he didn't. He just had to accept the dishonor. Mm-hmm. And uh, the notes indicate, remind us that so far, like, I think it's like four people have been cast out. Like, four members of the of the cast of this show mm. are outcasts from their society. Mm-hmm. Worf, uh, Odo, Garrick, and and now Quark. That's really interesting, yeah. They're all been cast out because they're mm. too different. 
I think you're kind of winning me over to this episode. I didn't consider that. So, I well, I just enjoyed it. I thought mm-hmm. it was an enjoyable episode, and uh, I did enjoy the baby switch. You know? Oh no, <laughs> he did not. I think it's creepy. I think that's it's so creepy. I like something where it's it's so creepy, like. You know, rather than, oh, Kira's getting pregnant, because she was actually pregnant. Diana Visitor was pregnant during these episodes. And they were like, rather than um, have uh, the uh, Kira get pregnant through Shakar and having that whole mm. narrative and everything like that, they were like, hey, why don't we just put Kira's, uh, Keiko's baby into Kira? And it creates this whole, like, Keiko has this weird, like, it is a weird feeling. Like, suddenly being forced to give up your child and as she said I have to make appointments to visit my own child you know yeah and that I I like the creepiness of that and and then yeah and then O'Brien's like hey let's become a thruple you know and uh, Kira's like gung-ho with it I thought it was actually genuinely affecting when mm-hmm. Kira and Keiko were talking to one another and they're like um Molly's like uh, are you my aunt? And they're like, yeah, sure. We can mm. call her your aunt. I thought that was nice. I, I tuned out during those parts. And I, it's a weird use of Kira, too. I mean, it's, it's a, granted, it's a totally different side of her that we yeah. haven't seen, which is, which is okay. But I'm just not interested in her relationship with O'Brien and, Ke- and Keiko. I, I but don't, they but they've been forced to have a relationship because of yeah. their babe. She's basically a surrogate for so them. So it's like an odd couple sitcom, right? But yeah. I I still I just don't. I'm not interested in it. Okay. Except for the sneezing. <laughs> Michael doesn't like children. I guess I don't like children. Sorry. Okay. Well, I did. I like this episode. I thought it was enjoyable, but um, I don't think I have anything further I want to mention unless you want to say anything. No, I want to get. Actually, it's. Uh, yeah. Oh, I just want to mention one more thing mm-hmm. about this episode. I didn't like the ending, where all the people come in and it's a very it's 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 a wonderful life happens. Oh yeah. I didn't like that scene. <laughs> I was a little bit cringing at that. Yeah. You know, it was just too. It, it was a little too treat um, smarmy, you know. And uh, so I kind of wish they hadn't done that. I wish they'd found a different way to deal with it. Mm-hmm. But. Wah, wah. And apparently. Um, Cisco will be paying his rent. <laughs> yeah, I did like his storage fees. Yeah, I liked that uh, that nod from Avery Brooks. That was a good one where he just goes. He just nods, nods silently at yeah, him. Yeah, that was good. That was some good acting. But yeah, so why don't we uh, move on to the next one? All right. So for episode twenty six, Broken Link, please give us some synopsis. Okay, so this one starts out with Garrick and Odo just chatting in Garrick's shop, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Odo is approached by a, a fetching young lady, a little Bajoran uh, 60s model-esque girl, mm-hmm. and uh, she tries to hit on him, and he's completely resistant to it. After she leaves, Odo suffers some weird attack, and he suddenly starts melting, basically. That's what it looks like. And uh, they try to figure out a solution for it. They can't, and then they realize that the only thing they can do is... Uh, take mm-hmm. Odo back to the Founders. So they go in the Defiant, fly through to the uh, the Gamma Quadrant, and they they have to basically look for the Founders because they don't actually know where the Founders are anymore. Mm-hmm. And they uh, manage to find a Geminar ship that comes and 
brings that really creepy founder woman to them, Salome Jens, mm-hmm. with her disturbing mouth. <laughs> and uh, and uh, she's like, okay, we'll take you to the, the Great Link, Odo, and we'll fix you up, but you're also going to face trial for what you did, which is kill a... He killed a changeling in the last season's finale episode. Mm-hmm. So they do that. They take him there. He's uh, absorbed into the Great Link. And then his judgment that is given to him is that because he likes the solid so much, they turn him into a human. And that's creepy. He f- goes back to DS9 and the episode ends with Garrick, or sorry, Odo, seeing Gowron on a view screen and he goes, Gowron is a changeling. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. So what did you think about this season finale? It was good. It was good. I wish there was more action. I felt like there was a little bit... You and your ex- explosions I again. want explosions. But it, I mean, it's a season finale. I want something yeah. a little bit... I want a little, a little bit you high You want octane. excitement. Yeah. yeah. And it was a little... It was a little demure. Hmm. Um, I love I love that creepy founder lady. She can uh, wander around and creep out, creep me out anytime. Mm-hmm. With with her her mouth is so weird. It's like always kind of hanging open on the sides. Yeah. I don't know what it is. And uh, well, Odo too. It's just that makeup thing. Yeah. Yeah. Odo doesn't look so strange. She looks like I don't know. She mm-hmm. looks terrifying. Uh, yeah. So that's good. Uh, I liked the idea of him being judged, and yeah, I think it's kind of interesting, an interesting little flip that I, I forgot that he gets turned into a human. Um, I mean, how they did this, who knows? They seem to be like wizards, but that's cool. I I love this episode, yeah. and I really love the ending. I did not see that coming, and I, I'm shocked. Um, yeah. And especially the fact that they didn't change his face. It's so... Yeah terrifying that that he's constantly rem- reminded of uh, of his origins but yeah. he can't transform anymore um yeah I, I thought it was terrific and i also think that she is terrifying i think we talked about how in in our last our last podcast episode how they tried to make uh the gem hadar scarier right um and yeah. it, it for me it didn't quite work again it's that horror movie thing where when you start to know and recognize the monster it becomes less scary it's always scary at the beginning of a horror film but with her i don't know how they do it but that scene between her and garrick in that episode where garrick wants to know if there are any survivors from when the obsidian order went rogue and tried to attack the founder homeworld and the and the dominion just wiped them out and she says survivors of course not we we kill them all and you're dead too we're going to come after all of you because that's what happens when you come after us. Yeah. And you just get this insight into the into the founder psychology where they're just so paranoid and hateful because of it towards solids. Yeah. That it's just this intense kind of, um, you know, it, it's what you might see with like a, a raging, you know, racist in in, in our time. That, yeah, yeah. That they're just so freaked out and hateful and, yeah. and want to destroy everything. I thought it was compl- I thought it was chilling. She's a much scarier villain than the yeah. uh, than the Gem Hadar are. It's like the, um, it's like that whole thing of I'm going to make a reference to Meryl Streep and the Devil Wears Prada, but go, I am, go for it. Yeah, and uh, so when Meryl was first creating the character of 
of um, the the main character in that movie. I can't even remember her name right now. And uh, she said, you know what's scarier than someone running around screaming at people? Someone who's whispering constantly. Yeah. And there is something so upsetting with the way the founder talks in that bland, mm-hmm. completely emotionless way, you know, kind of drawling out. It's just so... It's upsetting because she's not bothered by anything. Like, no. Yeah. And when she's... she says, she says, yeah, you're all dead. Yeah. It's like, it's a fact for her. It's not even a, mm-hmm. it's not a threat. It's yeah. just like, oh, it's already happened. You're dead. Yeah. You know? She's, she is an amazing villain. Yeah. Um, we also had our, our favorite purple haired sex pot in her plastic. Remember her? Yeah, she returns again, the yeah. smuggler. Yeah, just for just for a brief moment. She wasn't as interesting. She's more interesting when she's just, like, slinking around, you know? In Quark's bar. Yeah, yeah, and, and trying to seduce him. But, uh, no, she was good. And, uh, yeah, I mean... Um, I don't think I have much else... Oh, we should mention that Garrick almost beat Worf out of fist fight yeah and that then was weird Worf gave him props saying you're pretty good for a tailor <laughs> that was weird that was weird I, I find that Star Trek does this um, a lot where you have someone who's much stronger who would be Worf and just to make things interesting you know they want to they want to make it uh, raise attention and maybe give you the idea that someone like Garrick could, could beat him and or as we see where Jadzia Dax is always invincible when she's fighting yeah. against other Klingon. Yeah, or and she was really successful with the Jem'Hadar. Or the Jem'Hadar, when they're all beating up the Jem'Hadar. And in this, it's strange, because in this episode, you see Jem'Hadar beam aboard the Dominion, and one just grabs O'Brien's chest. Yeah. And just causes them excruciating pain. Yeah. So it, there's a real imbalance on, on what they're capable of. I, I, I think, uh, as we discussed before, O'Brien's pretty much just a sack of oatmeal, right? <laughs> oh, no. Like, he is not a fighter. He's, uh, he's, yeah, he's not the but best. But God bless him for trying. Yeah, God bless him. And if he, does, if he doesn't suffer in an episode, it, it hasn't been a good episode. In, in terms of the Garrick uh, war fight, I mean, he is a trained spy. We know that he would most likely have some combat training. And he is essentially trying to wipe out the Dominion because of what they've done. I mean, he, yeah. he he's freaking out at that point, right? So I can see him really trying to... Sure. It was a little bit Worf. crazy. Yeah. I mean, Worf is supposed to be one of the best fighters in the Klingon Empire, and right. Garrick is... I don't know. Garrick, sure, he's a spy, but he's also, like, kind of a middle-aged dude. Are you are you calling Garrick schlubby? Is that what you're saying? He's a little... Sh- no, he's not schlubby. He's very well-tailored, right? Yes. But uh, he's just, like, a middle-aged guy, you know? He should be a little bit easier to defeat. Hmm. Uh, <clears throat> I also always want to mention that Gowron... Uh, I would say his form of acting is uh, showing the whites of my eyes. Acting. Yes, he's very good at that. Eyes wide open. Yeah, I am. I Federation should tremble before us. Yeah, he's like his face is like ninety percent eyes and yeah. forehead. Yeah, that's. I think that's how he acts. That's how, that's his key to acting. Just get the the whites of the eyes out there. Um, I I just want to say again, very good use of deadpan wharf. Where they're talking about how uh, Keiko and Kira are living in, you know, they're all living in the same quarters now. Yeah. 
and O'Brien's complaining that he went in, and then obviously they were talking about him because yeah. you know they hushed. Yeah. And Worf, totally Captain Obvious, totally unnecessarily says uh, they did not want you to hear what they were saying. It's like, yeah, thanks a lot, Worf. But thanks I like. For, I, thanks for that tidbit. Yeah, I really, really like that use of Worf. Yeah. And and also when uh, when he when Dax is suggesting to to O'Brien or oh, it wasn't O'Brien it was someone that that maybe Odo needs company and Odo wants to, oh it was Takira yeah you know, oh you should see how Odo is doing and Worf who understands Odo very well is saying like no he does not want he does yeah. not want uh, visitors right now although Kira does does do the right thing she brings him um, a report of all the the crimes happening on yes. the station yeah. so we can figure it out and Garrick does the right thing too where he just fills in with stories about like being a being a gardener a gardener on Romulus yeah. like an ambassador and, and all this yeah uh, Bashir almost screws up he uh, s- s- he's relaxing on that little rock in the middle of the sea oh yeah of, of changelings and yeah. then he almost skips a stone across all the changelings yeah like would that hurt them or I don't I don't know he just bonks someone on the head but I, I love that scene too because it just shows how partner jane was was saying it, it it shows you how how alien the changelings are that 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 uh it's just this sea of uh, shifting you know mass and and if you're the natural thing to do for a human would be to skip a rock across it right <laughs> that's a natural thing I, for... I would i probably would have done a bashir as well yeah unless somebody like reminded me that yeah those are people out there yeah I uh, was wondering as I'm watching the episode, you know, when they walk into the the Great Link, mm-hmm. are they are they stepping on shapeshifters when they walk into the Great Link? Are they pushing down? Like, does it hurt? Or does I it... I because I was thinking that you you just see a rocky outcropping and then the rest is is the Link, right? I was wondering if if presumably you don't spread out over the entire Link, right? Yeah. Um, so I wonder if where they touched down, those were the most important people in the Dominion right nearby. You just couldn't see because they all look like one link, right? Yeah. You Why know? would they be the most important ones next to the rock? Well, ju- just to maybe like to welcome or judge uh, Odo as he as he came yeah. in, right? The, and the and Jerry's also there? yeah, and also that's where she touches down. And maybe if you were a changeling and you saw that massive whatever, that you would kind of be like hey Dave's over there yeah yeah and, uh, and Deborah over there <laughs> I mean they have no, they appear to have no problem like separating themselves from the Great Link as well like mm-hmm. do they um, like, do they go whoops I forgot my hand over there like do, <laughs> I guess it's yeah. all yeah who knows how they all mix together yeah but yeah it was a good episode it almost though is one where I'm waiting for the the next part that's what i'm more excited about is what's mm. going to happen next and so it's it's a lot of table setting yeah the and i was reading the notes about this episode and they were talking about how last uh, the beginning of this season the studio really wanted them to kind of change things up because they wanted to have Worf on they mm-hmm. wanted to bring Worf on so they started to have a lot of Klingon stories because they really wanted the Klingons to be um, uh, a part, you know, they wanted to create narratives for Worf to interact in, with the crew. Um, but as they were doing this season, they felt that they were kind of drifting away from the Dominion. 
the Dominion was becoming less less of a focus and the Klingons were becoming more of a focus. And so at the beginning, or at the end of this uh, season, they were really feeling like they were getting back to where they had been before this whole season started. Mm-hmm. So I rem- we've talked about this as well. Like, you know, this season does feel like a little bit of an interruption in that it doesn't feel like it's building as much towards uh, the Dominion uh, War that's coming. And this is one of the reasons why, because they almost were kind of derailed from it by the uh, by the studio. Hmm. So, uh, so yeah, when the coming episodes will will more focus on that. Great. So, what do you think of uh, season four now that we've we're at an end? It had some good episodes. Uh, it wasn't as consistently strong as I hoped it would be, mm-hmm. and I feel like. I feel like there were just, yeah, it was probably, once again, there was a lot of issues with getting Worf kind of integrated into the cast, you know, they had to kind of deal with that issue, and, you know, that is an issue, but at the, at the same time, I really like where Kira and um, Cisco are as, as they are in terms of characters, O'Brien, they kind of sometimes do problems with like, they they damage his character a little bit for me with that whole weird twenty years in prison, which mm-hmm. they never seem to address anymore. You know, yeah. Um, Bashir is a lot better of a character, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, I mean, yeah, they're Odo and Garrick are continuing with their kind of interesting storylines. So, mm. yeah, how about you? What do you feel about this? Uh, I I agree there. I. There were a few weak episodes in this season, but I also think that some of the best episodes I've seen yet were in this were in this season. I'm thinking about oh, the, the, uh, the this well the Cisco and Jake one where yeah, the visitor the yeah. visitor I I think that that episode was amazing yeah um, and again I and I really like the I, I liked how they set things up for the next three the final three seasons mm-hmm. it was very exciting <laughs> so um, someone. Uh, on Twitter mentioned that uh, a, a friend of ours on Twitter, Niels, mm. I believe his name is pronounced, uh, is interested in us doing a fashion review of season four. Um, I don't know if we'll be able to get to it in this episode, but uh, maybe it's something we want to consider for a future episode of our podcast. I think that's a great idea. I mean, just just this season for season four? Yeah, or yeah. just some like highlights, you know? What, what were some of the... The do's and don'ts of the season. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. yeah. Well, in any case, I think we'll finish up there. And uh, unless you have anything further you want to add, Michael? No, no, that's no. it for me. So it was, uh, it was a good season. We're looking forward to season five. As always, thank you for listening. Uh, you can contact us over Twitter, um, Facebook, and uh, email at rrds9podcast at gmail.com. And have a great week. <laughs>